0: Sure it's I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran, and the host of this podcast. If you're an independent agent who's struggling to get contracts and appointments with carriers, maybe you're struggling to balance multiple carrier relationships because of those high production and volume requirements. Well, I'm here to tell you, Smart Choice is the way to go for you. They are an agency network that's non-invasive to your agency, and they're not going to charge you any fees to join, nor fees that are monthly. They only work on a commission split and that's only off the business you write through carriers. You get through them. They've got over 9,000 agencies nationwide right now. It's no wonder they are the fastest growing agency network in the country. Dude, they are unbelievable. Smartchoiceagents.com. Go check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you. You'll be so glad that you did. Uh, Also, Got to talk to you about my friends over at CoverDesk. I love working with the CoverDesk team. I uh, was able to work with them even this week on referring several of you to them. Uh, They help you save time, focus on your clients, and grow your business. You know, uh, every week I hear from you, you're losing hours uh, on the day-to-day of running a task, uh, of running an agency. Um, Administrative work is essential, It can prevent you from focusing on your sales and your core business. Well, CoverDesk Virtual Assistants can help you get these tasks done, saving you significant time and free up your staff's time to focus on what they're best at, which is relationship building, uh, closing on deals, things that put money in your pocket. Go to CoverDesk.com. Tell them the mayor sent you and you'll be so glad that you did. Now on to today's show. I am super excited that you guys are here because I got my main man PQ coming into Insurance Town, and he's going to talk to us about what they're doing over at Nearmap. We get into a, a cool conversation about uh, just mapping in general, predictive analytics, just some of the cool stuff that they're able to do uh, with imagery. It's a cool conversation. Uh, I just invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with mr patrick quigley mr patrick quigley what's going on my friend hey howdy
1: and uh good to be with you today
0: i like the howdy uh where are you coming are you coming from a southern state where your howdy's a thing
1: yeah you know what I live in Cincinnati, as they call it. I'm uh, I'm in a suburb of Cincinnati. You know, we uh, like yeah. to think we're south, but uh, you know, I think uh, people in the south might uh, might uh, think that's a little uh, little uh, aggressive.
0: <laughs> no, no, I get it. I uh, my whole family is outside Lexington, so when I fly in to go see them, I'm actually I think the Kentucky airports in Ohio, or is it the Ohio airports in Kentucky?
1: The, the Ohio different- Airport is in Kentucky. That's why I call yeah. it Kentucky. But, hey, you come yeah. from great horse country. I love going down there to Keeneland. And, uh, of course, I haven't ever stopped on the bourbon trail down there.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you haven't. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, we say Patrick Quigley. Some people call you PQ. We're going to just sit back, relax, have a good time. What I want you to do is uh, let's take a walk down memory lane. Let's get to know who Patrick Quigley is. And lead us up to today, my friend.
1: All right. Well, uh, first of all, hey, thanks for having me. Um, great uh, great show, a long-time listener, first-time guest. Uh, my background is, uh, you know, uh, I hate to admit it, going on about 30 years in the business. But uh, my current role is uh, Executive Vice President and General Manager over our insurance practice here at Nearmap. But the common thread through my career has been working for companies, really kind of the smaller you know, game-changing companies. And that common thread has always been around companies in terms of really interesting content driven by analytics. So I've worked for companies such as SPSS, where we you know, kind of coined the term predictive analytics before there was predictive analytics. Um, I've worked for companies that, you know, provided really interesting data sets uh, to the uh, retail space, and I've uh, been part of companies that have uh, led the NoSQL movement, and I, I did a lot of work with the insurance industry as part of that. Leading up to now, I work for a company called NearMap. We're Australia-based. I've been with the company about six years. I was brought on as a general manager to kick off our uh, North America practice, uh, which started back in 2014, I've had different roles in the company, and uh, about uh, a year ago, the uh, the board and the executive team came to me and said, "Hey, you know, the insurance space is such a critical uh, vertical for the company, and really is experiencing very fast growth. Uh, would you mind taking uh, taking the uh, helm of uh, of that division?" So. Uh, that is uh, that is my current role, but I'm kind of an entrepreneur by uh, spirit, and I love building things, and uh, we're, we're really doing some great things at Nearmap, so a uh, pleasure to be with you today.
0: And that is fantastic. I, um, I'm interested real quick before we get into too much more, what other, okay, you mentioned insurance being, you know, kind of uh, one of the verticals that Nearmap works with. What's the other verticals that Nearmap works with?
1: Um. So yeah, uh, great question, Heath. One of the things in terms of NearMap is we're a high resolution aerial imaging company that also has sophisticated uh, capabilities around property characteristics derived from AI. So insurance is just one of the verticals we serve. When you start thinking about a company who is collecting 1.2 million square kilometers of the ground surface a year at high resolution, you can see the application across lots of industries. Our number one use case is replacing site visits to a home. So you can see in terms of government applicability, in terms of 911, or you can look at uh, things like the architecture construction engineering in terms of doing site planning or monitoring of the progress of a building going up. Um, Solar installation. So the, the fun thing about NearMap is we have broad horizontal applicability but also very deep vertical, you know, applicability on top of it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that makes that's, that's perfect sense to me. And so, you know, back, you know, in my production days, um, I sound really old when I say it, back in my day, you know, <laughs> I would go to, uh, you know, I'm in Arkansas, so I go to AR County data or whatever it is, County, you know, uh, data information To pick up, you know, square footage or how big the lot is or whatever it was for a home that I was quoting. But what, you know, a lot of times that data was way, you know, outdated from maybe the time it was built or even five to seven years ago. So you've got real time data that's more up to date. And like you said, it refreshes once a year or so, correct?
1: Yeah. um, As I said, in terms of, the refresh rates first and foremost everything we're collecting is at high resolution so you know what that means in geek speak is you know sub 3 inch what that means is you can not only see the roof but you can see if it's a shingle or tile roof so you're getting very detailed but in terms of those site visits that you used to do you know and relying on that county information it may not be up to date especially through covid the explosion in terms of uh, new construction or adding on to a house or putting in a pool because everybody was home so much, really drove a lot of change in terms of the properties that are on the ground. And unfortunately, the tax records or the government records are not always up to date in terms of what's going on on that property. So by allowing a uh, individual to be able to go and visit that property virtually, but not only be able to see it with your eyes or leverage simple measuring tools in terms of how big is the pool or square footage of the pool or what is the size of the lot. You can also um, leverage our AI capabilities that are auto extracting those property characteristics. So is there a pool there? Yes or no. Not only is there a pool, what is the square footage of the pool? Is there a trampoline? Are there trees? on the property, are those trees encroaching the house or encroaching the roof? So that rich set of information that's updated at least once a year, a place like Chicago or LA or you know even Cincinnati is, re, uh, is refreshed three times a year. And uh, what we do is we get a leaf off, a leaf on, and then a fall collect, and having that current information that can be pulled through either an API to feed the workflows of the insurers, or have that visual inspection for the underwriters or the claim specialist at the back end is really what we're
0: about. Yeah, which, you know, also leads into, you know, I, I've i been in this industry 20 years, and it's always been, as we talked about earlier, more of a, a reactive industry. And it's been something that you know, we have that, as you would say, or we would say, uh, replace and uh, repair kind of mindset. But this technology you have, as you talked about, uh, you know, gives the opportunity to be more proactive, correct? And you know, to tell me your thoughts on that. Uh, and Give me, you know, kind of your your thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a great question and actually a very timely question, Ethan, in terms of what we're faced with in the news right now. And and yeah, you can't pick. 100%. Yeah, you can't pick up a, a newspaper without, you know, reading about the, uh, the hurricane. So uh, obviously our industry with last week's uh, landfall of Ida, you know, it's a category four storm. It's going to go down in history as one of the strongest storms to hit the Gulf Coast. You know, the whole thing about that is, you know, how are we going in and aiding and speeding claims so that we can get those uh, customers back up on their feet again very fast? Take that as contrast to the Gulf Coast, what's going out in California. The Dixie Fire out in California has burned um, the second most acres of all time across California. You know, there's also loss of, of, uh, in addition to property there. But in terms of that, moving from reactive to proactive, wildfires are a great example. So wildfires obviously are fueled by debris and trees and shrubs, et cetera, et cetera, what's on the perimeter of your house in terms of vegetation or fuel loads is something that you should be very you know, aware of and concerned with if you're in a high-risk fire area. You know, because those sparks can blow with those Santa Ana winds quite some distance. So what you find now is a really interesting relationship building between the carrier and the people that they're insuring and taking care of, to moving before it was, hey, there was a wildfire, your your house was damaged, let's give you a quote, let's pay you out. But now with this technology that has the view of that property, more importantly, can measure fuel loads not only 10 meters from the property, but 50 meters and a half mile away. What can you start doing in terms of bringing a partnership together with that homeowner to reduce the risk on their property, but in exchange, maybe give them a rate reduction. You know, we see in the automotive industry, people are plugging devices into their car to monitor that they're a good driver. Why can't we apply that to the property space in terms of let's mitigate the risk around your home together so that we're both successful? So that's what I mean when we look at going from this reactionary repair and replace to this proactive, predictive, prevent-type mindset. And technology today is really helping that new, uh, that new
0: relationship to form. So, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, it, instead of when I get that inspection or the agent listening right now gets that inspection back from the, the underwriter and says, We've got to remove, you know, these three branches over the house here and, you know, remove those things just to pass an inspection. It would also, you know, if they did that prior to that inspection, it could also mean a discount or it could mean a, um, you know, a another credit they could get on their account for removing those. Or um, if they see, you know, a, a tree that looks like it's it's dying or it's been eat up with some sort of bug or whatnot remove that and you get a discount here. you know am I, am I understanding what you're saying correctly and I think that's a great idea
1: yeah no and uh, you you're you're right on and it's not only at that point of inspection because you know that sending an inspector to every property that somebody's underwriting is just it's so costly fiscally, it's not fiscally you know possible so if you are building those relationships where the homeowner is participating, in the risk mitigation of that property, not only can you see that, hey, here's the problems that we wanna address together, it's, hey, are you keeping up your part of the bargain as we go and not need to send somebody there at the point of renewal in order to speed that up? So this really allows the insurer to really scale the operation and build that dialogue of trust back to that individual. So it's it's actually really cool, and there's companies out there that are starting to really uh, put themselves out there in terms of thinking into the future of how this type of technology could be leveraged.
0: Yeah, I uh, I worked for a carrier for several years, not to be named on this podcast, but most people know. But they were starting to use their own aerial imagery, and they would you know subcontract out you know um, whether it be planes or drones or whatnot. Do you see more and more carriers looking to do this and what separates Nearmap from what could be subcontracted out by subcontracted out I'm getting done, done by a, another carrier or by another you know third party
1: Yeah and Heath uh, that's that's a great tech uh, question and and really what the cornerstone of that is is it's hard to do that at scale and that yeah, is and you can't, uh, with drones, you can't do it at scale based off the regulation. You can't just decide to fly your neighborhood and over your, your friends' houses you know, without uh, proper permits and, and everything else. So this is all about a scale issue. It's also about a financial issue. Again, what we are doing on behalf of everybody is collecting 1.2 million square kilometers. What that relates to is around 109 million parcels from a residential and a commercial standpoint. And we're committing to you from a brand to fly that at least once at high resolution. In addition, we have a a capability to fly the storms after they've happened. So, you know, Henry, Ida, the Dixie fires, the Caldor fires, all of these things are literally happening as we talk. We're there for the insurer on both sides. And what it takes in order to do that is at the core and the heart of it, Nearmap is a technology and innovation company. And we build very custom patented sensors that allow us to capture that wide of swath of uh, the US and Canada's surface. We also fly in Australia, New Zealand. But once you collect the pictures, that's only half of it. You have to have the technology to process that very quickly, put it up in the cloud, and then have the enterprise APIs that can feed all the the claims and underwriting workflow systems and have it work 24 hours, seven days a week. So it's just part of the infrastructure. Now that sounds easy, but to do that at scale, it's very difficult. And if you look at the landscape, there's not many companies that are doing it, right? And there's not many companies that are doing it at the rate and frequency that we are. So uh, it's, it's, it's a great relationship because we're doing that on behalf of the industry, and they can plug into that through an API this afternoon if they wanted to.
0: Sure. And, you know, so if I'm a producer in an agency or if I'm a carrier rep, underwriter, claims person, because I've got them from all over uh, as citizens, thank you for being citizens, um, you know, this image can be used by all the above. Uh, this stuff that NearMap is doing, it's not just built for carriers, not just built for the end user. This is something I'm assuming that can, you know, be accessed by any and all. Yeah, no, it's a,
1: it's a great point. A lot of people who come on your your podcasts are uh, either users or, or people who take advantage. Because what we're serving is the entire insurance ecosystem. So... It's throughout the policy life cycle. So it's all the way up front when you're looking to market or segment who you might uh, wanna target to bring in as a new customer. It's all through the underwriting in terms of you know, the quoting, uh, it's the inspection in terms of virtual inspection, in terms of the pre-bind, it's at the point of renewal all the way through claims. So through that whole process, there's an ecosystem of partners that are not only the carrier, but it's the adjuster, it's the inspector, it's the you know person who's coming in to do the restoration after uh, you know I have to put a tarp on your roof on the back end of uh, Hurricane Ida to to mitigate any water coming in. So all of those people have applicability of this wide-scale, high-res, up-to-date imagery for them to do their job, and more importantly for Them to concentrate on what's important, which is to get that customer back up on their feet again,
0: yeah. So, if let, let's say prior to um, a, a hurricane or prior to you know a tornado or something that we know is coming, um, I, I could see this being a technology that could be a, a lot of help in those situations, too.
1: Yeah, and one of the uh, that's a that's a great point, one of the things. Because we are regularly flying this program over the uh, 109 million you know uh, you know parcels across the U.S., the key thing is we have that pre imagery for that property before a storm comes, and that is extremely powerful. So, in in a place like uh, New Orleans, which of course you know, is, uh, is is recently hit by Ida, and our, our prayers go out to the, the folks there. You know, they've been through tough times. But having that pre-imagery along with the post-cat imagery to really help in terms of deciding that claim and speeding that process is really important. In a place like New Orleans, since Nearmap has been collecting this data since 2014 in the U.S., we have over 16 records or shots going all the way back in time that can show the true progression of the change on that property up to the current image that may be a cat or a pre cat. so yeah you're right on in terms of the power of this pre-imagery in addition to having posts because a lot of people go in and they fly a cat flight but if you don't have that pre-imagery you know, it, it, it's less valuable because you don't have a context of what was going on on that property. And you may be not, you know, you may be able to not only cut a check for, you know, the, the main house, but hey, you had a, a barn in the backyard that we didn't even know was, was there.
0: Sure. No, you're exactly right. Um, or, you know, I could even see it as in a, a possibility of if you've got the imagery there prior to to be able to look at knowing you know because they they start predicting these uh, hurricanes you know four and five days out sometimes and even further out to be able to say we've got to remove some of this or we've got to, we could prevent some further damage by doing this or by doing that and if you know it's going to hit a certain zip code or they show the trajectory of going up the map a certain way yep. You could follow that trail almost and say, "Okay, let's let's make these folks prepared. Start evacuating process earlier. We could start uh, preparing because I think if people could prepare a lot better. They can start packing sooner. They can get a lot of things done sooner. You know, and you know you could be doing a lot of things that imagery."
1: Yeah, and and what's what's even more exciting, Heath, is um, you know we talked a little bit about extracting property characteristics from an artificial intelligence standpoint. Of course, that's also all the rage in our industry right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah. If, yeah. You
1: start, if you start thinking about it, you know, the way that our camera system collects, we actually do a ground sweep. So we collect from zero up through 55 degrees. What that gives us is about 60% overlap on any pixel on the ground. What that allows us to do is reconstruct very detailed 3D representations of that Earth's surface. We also, through AI, know all of the pervious and impervious surfaces, all the concrete, all the gravel, all the sand, all the dirt, all the grass. So, the landmass, entire area of, of uh, New Orleans, we understand the pervious and impervious surfaces. That model, in terms of 3D of the ground, also gives you a digital elevation model that's based off of the current situation. That digital elevation will show you where the water will flow, merge that with the concrete, grass, and everything else. Now you have a more sophisticated way to predict where the floodwaters or the surge will go in addition to the other things we're talking about. So we're really in some of the most exciting times our industry has ever uh, been in because all this type of data wasn't possible even three years ago right? So it's really exciting, and, and, and it's, it's really fun to be part of.
0: Oh, I can imagine. It sounds to me like you're changing the game for flood maps,
1: too. Yeah, it, it, it's completely possible. We have uh, partners out there that are leveraging this data to rethink how they, uh, how they apply the flood models.
0: Absolutely. Man, that to me is fascinating. My good friend, uh, Chris Green, the flood guru, would probably be very interested in this type of information.
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk to him.
0: Yeah, I, I, he's doing some some big things all over the country uh, as far as, you know, flood goes. And, you know, uh, I think that's huge to be able to uh, enhance what they've already got going on at FEMA. and with some of the flood mapping, but to be able to see some of that data that you've got. Um, so as uh, you know, as you're evolving, as things are continuing to, to progress, you said it's been since 2014. Uh, What's um uh, what other things should, uh, let's talk to agents for a minute as uh, as they're wanting to improve, because there are still carriers out there that want physical pictures, or they want you to go out and take pictures of the things, and they may not take a Google Map picture, or they may not take a, a picture from, uh, say, Realtor.com. What are some of the ways that they could use, you know, not even just Near Map, but any kind of technology like this? Talk to me a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, uh, you know, uh, it's very relevant because uh, some of our larger carriers are doing just that. So they're setting up portals for their agents who are out in the field, who are interacting with the customer. And yeah, there are still old school conversations taking place, right? Someone wants to go do a handshake with the person who's going to be there when when their time of need comes, right? So, you know, as we talked about, financially funding and inspection on every house is infeasible. But if, you, if you're sitting across the desk and you can log into a portal and you can virtually go to that property and see it not only from the top down but all the cardinal directions and take a view and that picture is less than a year old and it shows the deck that you put on so you have confidence and trust in the image because that's a big thing. You know, you can go to other, uh, you know, mapping services and say, hey, type in your address. But typically those images are three to five years old and they're not at a high resolution so that you can't really validate the trust, let alone know the date of what that capture was. So building that trust relationship with the agent right out of the gate and having that conversation where you can pull up the property and discuss it virtually and use that as a signal to say, "Hey, you know what? I see a couple things here. We're going to have an inspector come out and uh, just do a deeper dive, so we can we can really, um, you know, narrow this in in terms of what the right premium is to cover the risk." That is that that change that I talked about in terms of how this could change. So so the larger carriers are taking this, putting it on a portal because they can have it on their iPhone, they can have it on their iPad, they can have it on their computer and they can have that discussion on a property and be right there virtually. So it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tell me, um, you know, we've talked to the agents a minute. Tell me, you know, some of the conversations you're having with carriers and, and uh, with the uh, claims departments or with the inspection risk assessments, or whatever those loss control departments, things like that. What kind of conversations you have in there?
1: Yeah, so uh, that, that's the fun part of the job because you know, I've worked for companies before where the technology you have is like really narrow to a certain use case. Nearmap is is in a position to help a carrier across the entire policy lifecycle, because we have a combination of the imagery that we collect and it's two D and three D, in addition to having the property characteristics that have been you know extracted from that recent information we can play across the entire set. So a lot of carriers right now are moving to that initial quoting process as a digital experience. They're pre-filling information that they know about you. Again, as you said, pulling from government records, et cetera, et cetera. Some of that information might be old. If you have a way to validate that with another data set, pulling from a database, because we extract hey, this is a shingle roof, here's the square footage, there's a presence of pool, it has tree overhang. So feeding that information in as part of that digital experience helps that quoting, rating, underwriting, getting the pricing right, then that virtual inspection. And then as you are, after you've signed, there will become a point of the renewal. So you can see how that plays all, and we've talked about the claims and the the you know post cat et cetera et cetera. You can see how we are having conversations and the impact, you know, not only in the underwriting side but on the claims side, but across the whole policy life cycle. So it's quite fun.
0: Oh, I guarantee it. And so I'd be interested to know, and I'm sure the audience would too, of as you know, as we're moving more into digital age, as we're moving more into uh, technological. Uh, and real-time quoting, and all the different fun things that we're moving into in our industry. Um, Has the the data changed of what property owners want, or not property owners, I'm sorry, carriers want? I mean, the way they do things, are they looking for different information now? Has that changed? And how is that evolving?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously carriers have been very involved in data and the science around data and pricing and rating and you know that's been part of our industry for some time this is a new supplemental data set that can come in and enhance and increase the accuracy of what's there so this isn't hey let's replace everything this is what are new data sets that are relevant that are more actionable that are that are that are more timely and we know about that can be blended in to the other data as checks and balances. So you may have from the county record, hey, here's the square footage of the house. It has the presence of pool, et cetera, et cetera, or the presence of non-pool. I have about three friends who've been waiting at least a year and a half to try to put in a pool. You can't find people because there's so many people want to put them in because they're in their house because of COVID. You can't find someone to put in a pool, but you may now know that there's a pool there that the county record's not saying it's there. So during the point of quote, that's extremely important. So this is an enhanced data set to bring in, to elevate the models that are already in place.
0: Okay, okay. Um, And so uh, it's just, you know, advancing that. And one of the things that, uh, you know, you talked about earlier and this kind of leans in here you had brought up, and I like this uh, that you were doing more predictive analytics before predictive analytics was predictive analytics, and so you hear that a lot by some of these larger houses, and whether it's Travelers or whether it's Hartford or some of these large houses that are really you know focusing their. I don't know how much you deal in the commercial sector of it or the business insurance, but they're doing a lot of predictive analytics and predictive modeling. Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely, and we and that's uh, the other fun part of our job is because we are capturing all the structures across that that surface of earth that we're collecting as part of our regular program, that includes residential, it includes commercial, it includes industrial. So the use cases apply. Now, what you're doing or or the information that you're uh, focused on may change, i.e. if you're looking at a GM plant, you're not looking for the pool in the backyard, right? But you are looking for the solar panels on the roof that may, you know, cause pause of a firefighter hopping up on that roof in case of a fire in terms of fear of electricity, you know, electrocution. So, you know, the use cases are just, you know, a little bit different. There's only, yeah, there's what, 5.5 million, you know, commercial structures, parcels across the U.S. So they're more concentrated. You may have more buildings, so if you're looking at a college campus, it's not just the footprint of the home on the property, it's multiple buildings, and those multiple buildings might be insured by different players. So you can see how the power of this can actually aid in that because you have that visual representation along with the analytic data in terms of the AI property characteristics that can be blended in. So we see application across both residential and commercial.
0: Do you see as we evolve through more and more of what you guys are doing and what, you know, the carriers are doing with uh, some of the mapping and things like that. And you said your refresh rate is is increasing. Uh, Do you think that refresh rate gets to a point eventually to where it's uh, 30, every 30 days, every two weeks, kind of refresh rate to see even more real time?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. So there's trade-offs, right? So, This is a dialogue we have with uh, the larger carriers you know, on a regular basis. And you have the trade-off of number of times that you collect. So how many times out of a year is is relevant. You have the trade-off of, hey, maybe take one of those captures and just expand the full coverage footprint. So, hey, I wanna go into more rural areas as an example. And then there's a trade-off in terms of resolution. So all three of those things combined, in terms of the story that needs to be told, and we're having those conversations all the time. Some of the large carriers would would trade um, a number of times a year just for more coverage. Some people would trade coverage for resolution, i.e., chasing chasing this wide-scale hail prediction type thing, you know, with resolution. You know, Drones have a tough time getting that themselves, doing it from aerial imagery is a little tougher. But you have that age old question in terms of trade-offs. What we find is nobody is collecting, uh, for instance, Chicago three times a year. So when we brought the business model to the US, we're actually considering flying a place like LA or Chicago four times a year. And what we found is we were so far on the other end of the spectrum Because people, you know, a lot of the imagery in terms of the high res was two to three to five years old. It blew people's mind that, oh, you're not only getting this once, but you have it three times. I can't even keep up with it. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting as our technology evolves, it will allow us to continue to be more efficient in terms of the ways that we capture. So those conversations will be um, able to be had but it's really going to be a trade-off in terms of those variables of what's most important to that insured.
0: No, I, I completely agree. And I think that some of that stuff is huge. I think, you know, even if it comes down to something as small as, uh, you know, vacancies uh, on, uh, on certain buildings to see, they might say, oh, they're 100% occupancy. Um, and they're not. And you could see that if you're flying four and five, six, eight, 10, 12 times a year. Yep yeah you
1: can uh, you can see that boarded up window in the front you know from that uh from that uh, birds eye view yeah it, it's that is that is a use case that uh is being uh is being leveraged with with the technology
0: yeah i'm interested in uh I'm sure you've got plenty, but uh, I'll give you some time to think while I ramble a minute. Give me a, uh, I'm interested to hear another use case in the commercial side.
1: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. So on the commercial space, as I as I started to, to discuss, um, not only the imagery in terms of being able to virtually go and inspect that property and understand what's going on, or more importantly, maybe prospect of uh, an agent prospecting where they may want to go but not only having that uh, visual representation to do an inspection either at the time of quote or as you're coming up for renewal, but leveraging the AI. So as I mentioned, the AI characteristics on a commercial property are slightly different than one on a residential home. So one of the big things in terms of our space is looking at roof condition. And roof condition on a residential home is Hey, I want to look at tile and shingle discoloration over time in terms of the wear and tear on those shingles or do I have a missing shingle, exposed plywood, exposed rafters after a storm because that leads into damage detection. On a commercial structure that has a metal roof or a membrane roof you're looking at different things. You're looking for roof ponding, you're looking for roof rusting, Are those patterns of that runoff changing? Are they increasing? You know, uh, what is the furniture on the roof? You know, are they air conditioning units? Are they silos with water to feed the sprinkler system? So looking at those different things, understanding the square footage, understanding the assets that are on that property. You know, for instance, uh, there was some pretty big claims on the back end of the derecho that came through Iowa kind of a little out in your neck of the woods. Um, And it was the warehouses that had a lot of stock in the back. So it's not only what happened to the roof of that building, it's all the materials and stock that were in the back, back of the building that also flew into the neighbor's yards and broke the fence down. So you can see how that commercial is just slightly different variables that are being looked at But it's equally as important in terms of having that visual and, you know, analytical property characteristics, you know,
0: view of that property. Yeah. So do you see a time, uh, and maybe it's already happening, I'm just a little behind being in small town USA, but where you're not only, you know, all at one time, you're able to capture satellite, aerial, on the ground, uh, like, a 360 holistic view at any point in time.
1: Yeah, so um, so obviously the technologies are different in the resolution that you're looking at. I, I, I equate it to an inverted wedding cake. Drones are at the bottom. They can get the highest resolution. Guess what? You can fly them an inch off the uh, uh, roof surface and you can get very detailed information. The problem with drones, you know, there was a lot of hype around them. They just don't scale. You know, if you're a carrier with seven million policies, you're not going to have a drone flight over every property, right? So then you come up to aerial, and there, there's just a couple companies that are doing this at scale. Uh, there's nobody doing it as as much as uh, Nearmap in terms of refresh rates, and that's at that sub three inch. So that's beautiful because you can see the detail of what we've been talking about. Take that up to satellite; you're at uh, you know 30 centimeters in terms of resolution. You can see what's going on on a wider swath, but you can't get down to that detail in terms of, hey, this is a shingle roof versus a tile roof, as an example. Each of them has their place in terms of different use cases, but what you'll find is as the technology and efficiency increases in terms of how much of the earth's surface you can capture aerial wise with high resolution camera systems, I see that kind of as the sweet spot. But each of them has their play through the through the uh, policy life cycle. It's all about what you can derive from it in the scaling of that. So um, you know, there's not one company that has all of that. You know, there's you know there's different companies that concentrate on satellite, aerial, and uh, of course there's drone companies.
0: Yeah, I just wasn't sure because I see the Google truck or car drive down my street, you know, several times, and I've seen you know the 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 drones I've used the drones when I was a producer and I've used the, the the walking around property and taking a I just don't know if Nearmap or any other company out there would ever get to a point where the the need is there to have a 360 aerial full on different resolution different things different techniques all into to one or oh, yeah what's
1: interesting is a point I brought up earlier which is because of the way our camera system is working and that sweeping of the ground from zero up through 55, we're already creating extremely detailed 3D models of all of those buildings. So what's neat about that is you can literally pivot around that property almost as if you were in a game and you can Uh. literally walk around that property because we are reconstructing that property in 3D so, and, you know, you can look at the different elev- elevations, et cetera, et cetera. So that 3D technology and then blending that, you know, structure yeah. along with all the other data in terms of, okay, this is a two-story house it has a shingle roof, the square footage is this, et cetera, et cetera. Having all of that blended together, that's already happening right now.
0: Okay. and, and, And that
1: will, it's a very good point you bring up, that will continue to evolve in terms of being able to virtually represent those assets on the ground as another data set. So that's kind of what cool about we do is we have the pictures, we have the AI in terms of the intelligence, and we also have the 3D. So based on use case and level of sophistication of the carrier, you can leverage those different pieces as part of your life cycle. But the cool thing is, if you're a small carrier down in Florida, only covering Florida, and wanna compete with the big guys, guess what? You can leverage the same technology.
0: Sure you can, and I, and I, and I like that a lot. It goes back, it reminds me of, um, especially during this quarantine and this, this COVID times we've been in lately, I've been able to uh, watch my kids play in games like Minecraft or Roblox some of these games to where what you're talking about, being able to pivot and move around, I'm fascinated by some of this. And I'll sit here, you know, and I'll watch my son or my daughter for sometimes 30, 45 minutes at a time, sometimes hours, and how they could do that imagery and what they're doing. I imagine that's pretty similar.
1: Yeah, no, it's, and think about having that uh, precision roof geometry off that house or have wall reports. You know, your mind can really start yeah Uh, creating the art of the possible and that's why it's just so exciting we're living in just amazing times right now and it's so fun to be part of it
0: yeah no i completely agree and what do you think that uh your thoughts uh before we move into more about near map what do you think that uh, that does to property rates moving forward for those people like louisiana florida california some of those coastal states or Tough to write property. Does that uh, change the rates? Does that uh, evolve the rates more? What does that look like? Do you, you think? Know, what? Up?
1: What? What I hope we're going to see is you know a basis of more what's the truth on the ground, right? As yeah. we talked about moving towards that kind of uh, proactive uh, nature. You know what I hope we're going to see is a, an evolution to to have things more dialed in to have rates that are not only maybe a little higher but Lower, right? If you're doing your part in terms of mitigation, you know there should be a, a relationship that's different with the carrier. And I see I see examples of that happening already, which is exciting.
0: Yeah, I know you talked earlier about you know uh, your idea, and, and maybe it's already out there of giving those discounts or giving those you know check marks to say, okay, you removed this debris, took care of this, your vegetation changed, this changed, that changed. We're going to give you these rating factors changed, or we're going to give you credits here because of that.
1: Yeah, I no. Uh, take a look at uh, legislation that's taking place in California right now. Exactly to that point.
0: You no, know, you're you're right, and I love it. Um, tell me uh, as we as we move forward a, a little bit more into near map. I know we've mentioned near map quite a bit. And you've given us some good uh, cases, You give us some good opportunities, good examples of what you guys do. But tell me, kind of a little bit about. Uh, where NearMap came from, what kind of started it, you know, what was the, you know, the, the problem that was needed to be fixed? Where did this come from? I know you started in another country and now you're moved into the U.S. So tell me a little bit about that, you know, in two or three minutes.
1: Yeah, so uh, great question. Uh, the company was born almost in a garage in Perth, Australia, uh, 13 years ago. So uh, our founder had this vision that um, you know this type of data and this type of mapping could really change the world. And uh, our current CEO, Rob Newman, actually was a, a early finder and funder of this technology, ended up being on the board for years and then took over as CEO six years ago. But these guys had this vision of uh, wide-scale, high-resolution, being able to really help change the way people do their job. And, you know, it, it all got started. And interesting enough, um, the company first, in terms of its infancy in Australia, was more like a platform, uh, an advertising platform, more of a consumer application But as more and more they flew this high-resolution, frequently updated information, they realized the business applications and pivoted the company to be a B2B company. And it just took off, right? So the success in Australia led uh, to the expansion in the U.S. Again, our first flights were in the U.S. back in 2014. I remember going to an Esri conference that first year and – people coming by the booth saying oh my god this is amazing how are you guys doing this this is this is impossible the next year we came to the conference those same customers came back and said oh my god why are you still here there's no way because what you're talking about can't can't be funded you know nobody can fly right. that that much area and actually make any money because everybody's failed trying to do that that's the technology and innovation difference that started in Perth, you know, 13 years ago. So the interesting thing, Heath, if we, dr- if we uh, drill through the center of the earth, we're uh, just off the coast of Perth. So I got to visit where uh, where the technology was was uh, founded. And I was physically as far away on the planet from my family as I could be. So that was pretty cool. Oh,
0: wow, that is pretty cool? <laughs> Isn't that, so, pretty cool? that is pretty awesome. So how many, uh, so Home Headquarters is there in Australia. How many people are employed over there in map? And what does that look like? Um, and how is it that you're able to do what y'all are doing? Uh, can you give me a little bit of that secret sauce without giving yeah, too much away? No,
1: and that all, uh, that all comes down to the technology innovation. And, you know, our camera systems are three to five more times more efficient than anything out there. And uh, we, we're about to even increase that lead. And it's just very exciting. We are a technology and innovation company that just happens to take lots of pictures, right? And have the technology to put those pictures together and HD maps that allow these use cases to come to life. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's exciting. And the company is growing, the company is growing very fast. We're a publicly traded company you know, people could go out and do the research on the company. We're traded over on the uh, Australian Stock Exchange. And uh, we're having a lot of fun uh, with the growth
0: that we're having right now. And uh, do you have many employees here now in the United States? Yeah, so we
1: have well over 100 employees on the ground here in the US. Where, if anybody's interested, we're, we're, we can't hire fast enough. So. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we, we are on a nice growth uh, growth trajectory
0: right now. That's fantastic. And so tell me what uh, if someone out there was listening and, and they they're loving what they're hearing about NearMap, what is your your best you know client look like? That that
1: that's the fun of the job. You know, we have uh we we just signed up uh three uh independent you know, uh, adjusters on the back end of IDA that just, uh, they're they're a one-man shop. So we can support a one-man shop all the way to, you know, we're in, we're currently now in four of the top six carriers. And, you know, so we got the big boys, but we have single proprietorships that are servicing the industry that have access to the same technology as the big guys. So that's what's fun about Nearmap is we we span the we span the entire ecosystem, and the content sets that serve them.
0: That's incredible. Uh, I, I love that. I love to hear that uh, because that's you know what I'm hoping uh, when I bring people on this show uh, of uh, not just a carrier, not just an agency, but I want someone who speaks to all of my audience. And so I've got claims reps, underwriters, agents marketing reps, CEOs of companies, and each and every one of them could reach out and give you a shout. 100 a Great great conversation with you and uh, your team, and whether it's Jeremy, Taylor, yourself, whoever it might be. Uh, I love that. And, um, you know, I would love for you to, uh, as we're wrapping up, if there's any other things we haven't quite touched on or covered this high-level conversation, I'd love to have you on again to get more in the weeds on some of this. But... Uh, anything we didn't touch on, you might want to want to cover before we wrap up.
1: Yeah, I think I think this has been a great dialogue, and, and Heath. Thanks, thanks for having me in town. You know, it's uh, I've been listening to you and, and very impressed with your guests and topics, and and hopefully we uh, we we had a little fun today in terms of opening some eyes in terms of the hours yeah. possible. And you know, I would I'd be honored to come back and continue to share with uh, you some of the things that we're doing out there and give you some more use cases. But, um, I really thank you for, uh, for hosting me today and really appreciate the work you're doing out there for the industry and educating us.
0: Man, I I really appreciate you. It's it's because of guests like you, people that come on and talk about some of those things because, um, it's really hard for all of us to keep up with what's going on, what's changing so rapidly in our industry. So when I hear of something like this, uh, what you guys are doing, uh, or I I hear from people over at InsurTech Connect that are doing so many big things, or this carrier or that agent, I've got to have them on. And so I'm so glad you're able to. Could you give us some contact info uh, if somebody wanted to follow up with you? Or if I didn't ask a question that somebody wanted to, I want to connect my audience with my guests if there's any possible way, whether it's a social handle, email address, phone number, you name it.
1: Yeah, so uh, a great uh, central place uh, to come in and learn more about us and more importantly get in contact is uh, www.nearmap.com forward slash insurance. Uh, You can fill out some information and uh, you can get a hold of us there. Or uh, I'm happy for people to reach out directly. My name is uh Patrick.quigley, Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y at Nearmap, N-E-A-R-M-A-P dot And uh, happy to uh, you know interact and answer more questions. But thanks again for having us.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, don't be surprised if you don't get people reaching out. Uh, I've got a very inquisitive audience and I've got a great citizenship here that just loves to, to learn and loves to be educated. So uh, that's Patrick Patrick.Quigley uh, at NearMap. Yep. And so y'all you know, reach out, uh, feel free to, to follow them, look for them on uh, any of the social platforms that you might be on as well, I'm sure. And uh, thank you again for coming out, hanging out with us today. Uh, I, I really am so glad that you did.
1: Great pleasure. And uh, thanks for having us. Look forward to coming back to town.
0: Yes, sir. I uh, truly look forward to it as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. I really hope that the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. Guys, uh, thank you so much for being a listener. Do me a favor and subscribe. Tell a friend. Invite somebody else next week to the town. And uh, let's just uh, have a good time together. I, I really enjoy If you haven't checked out uh, ITC, go check out ITC. Uh, I'm so proud to be partnering up with them. They got a great conference coming up as you listened to Jay Weintraub a couple weeks ago. Dude, you got to check it out. And uh, congrats to my man, Derek Hayden on winning the protege. So happy we could uh, to have him on the show and that he won. So Awesome. Uh, Lastly, if you've got an idea for your own show, reach out to my man Ryan Mayfield at Ready, Set, Podcast, and let him do the work for you. You just sit back talk. Let him do the rest. It's amazing. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.